down, bitches, new listeners, young and old, and welcome to I Think Not. I'm Ellen Marsh. And I'm Joey Taranto, at least I think. Happy New Year, DBs. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. What is it? (laughs) It's just an old vine. Go on. Go on. Well, down, bitches, and down, snitches. We are taking a dark week, an actual dark week, but of course we are not going to leave you without an episode, are we, Joey? No, we're not. We are going to bring you a little gift that keeps on giving from the baby Jesus and Satan himself. It is love after lockup. (laughs) That's right. We are taking an episode from our Patreon series and we're putting it on the main feed for you ad free because if Joey has to suffer, so do all of you. (laughs) Now, you might be thinking to yourself, Ellen and Joey, I don't watch Love After Lockup. How am I going to ever follow this story? The good news is you will be fine. And actually, you don't have to follow it. It's just a bunch of buffoonery. Just know that this is what you don't do. For love, finding love, post-love, in the pursuit of love, none of this is right. Just remember that. Not right at all. But it's still just so good. Once a month, we bring you a true crime-adjacent episode from Love After Lockup. In addition to our three bonus episodes that we already give you, you can find all of that and so much more on the Patreon. Tell them what they can find, Joey. You can find Fry Thy Neighbor, Pink Collar Crimes, my very favorite, I almost got away with it. As well as See No Evil, Evil Lives Here, Forensic Files, American Detective. Honestly, you will not be able to get through the amount of buffoonery that we have for you, especially Pink Collar Crimes. Can we write a letter to get Pink Collar Crimes back? I think we already have and they ignored it. Damn it. So if you would like any bonus episodes, head over to patreon.com slash I think not. But until then, enjoy this gift from the baby Jesus and big old blue eyes over there. Love after lockup ad free. Should all acquaintance be forgotten? Please stop. Okay. Love you. Love you all. Um, Just make sure that like, how close are you getting to your mic? Am I too close? Yeah, I think you might be a little. It's not a. It's not a dick, Ellen. You just put fists between the mic and your mouth, and that's how far you should be from it. You can't talk about fisting at our job. I know we don't have an HR yet, but you can't just come in here and start talking um, about as fisting. a man, as the man in this room, as the man of this business, and seventy percent owner of oh. uh, Big Mouth and Blue Eyes Productions oh. LLC. I can talk about whatever I want. Yeah, and it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> To I think not the podcast. This is our last podcast, <laughs> the very last podcast. Could you imagine if, like, one day there was a switch and I actually was like a secret misogynist? You never know what happens. People change in the blink of an eye. I don't know. I'm 43. I feel like what you see is what you're gonna get. Well, I challenge that, but for another podcast. Well, I. Down bitches. Hi, Drama Club. It's the day. It's the day that you've been waiting for. It's my favorite day of the month. I know it is, baby. Listen, everybody, I love that you love me for me, but you need to love all the parts of me. And the parts that love this TV show, that goes along with it, okay? I know some of you don't like it, but like, can you do it for me? You know, this, I have a love-hate relationship with this show because it is literally a what not to do in in the pursuit of love. No, that's actually what it is because 
because I was like, what do we get from this? Because it's like with anything, it can be so dark. But this is the guide of what not to do in life in so many respects. Yeah, uh, it's very hard to watch because I just want to be like, call your therapist. Everyone, call your therapist. If you you're need. listening to this right now, this just call your therapist. Even if you're having a great day, you never know. Well, you know what I did this morning? Yes, tell them what you did this morning. I called a psychic. Tell them. Well, I talked to my dad this morning. And he was like, hi, Joey. <laughs> you still gay? <laughs> I had a very, because you know me, I'm not religious. I'm very, I lean very agnostic. The first thing she said to me was, you know, when I usually talk to people, I can feel spirits around them, at least one or two. You have none. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I have spirit. (laughs) And she's like, you're very closed off, right? To like the spirit world. I said, very, 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 very. And she was like, you are more psychic than you think, actually. Wow. She's like, that's what I get from you. Oh, she said, do you ever meet people and immediately you're like, I know who this person is and you just like file them away or you're like, I don't know why, but I don't want to make space for this person. And I was like, all the time. Yeah. And she said, you're psychic. Wait, remember how the other day you you said we knew each other in a past life? Was she like, who's the crazy bitch you knew in a past life? <laughs> and you're like, Ellen, keep going. I, I don't kept need waiting. to talk anymore about that bitch. I kept waiting because I was like, she got into past lives. And w- could you imagine if she was like, so in a past life, you were Hitler. And you were Hitler. <laughs> so when Hitler was in reign. Okay, not, not could today. Could you imagine if she was like, who's Ellen? Yeah. Okay, she's my podcast partner, my best friend. You were married in your past life. And that would like, make that sense. That explains a lot. <laughs> Listen, tell us if you believe in that stuff. You, I have said before, I believe in all of that. I had a reading from Jonathan Mark. He's like a famous yeah. psychic medium. He was on Rabia and I. Do you know Rabia Chaudhry? We have another podcast. It's called Rabia and Ellen Solve the Case. <gasps> Look at me being able to talk about my other projects. And uh, he read a lot. Oh, I should talk about that on Swamp Talk. I'm saving that for Swamp Talk. If you're a psychic or a medium, please slide into our DMs. We have a million questions. Wait, uh, wait, I hear something. Oh, no. Oh, no. Joey and Ellie, I have something to tell you. Holy Ghost, please let it be good news. We need some good news. It's never good news. I have to tell you, you don't need a psychic to tell you that you're both cunts. Okay, that tracks. Anyway, bye. We didn't need you for that one, (laughs) Holy Ghost. Well, we are continuing in the show that is shit, the shit show that is Love After Lockup, season four, episode 11, Can't Stop Destiny. They found love after lockup. Well, buckle up, because the Love After Love saga continues with new problems. Love After Lockup. I mean, you can have Love After Love. Okay, got it. Fine. The Love you After Love. You again. <laughs> the Love After Lockup saga continues with new problems and new dum-dums. Before we start, we have some people who have called it quits, as well they should, and some people who are still here. We rightfully said goodbye to Lacey and Antoine. Hopefully, they've called several therapists. But I'd love to give you an update on Antoine. What do you think happened to Antoine? Honey. I really hope he embraced fatherhood and that he got into therapy and got a job. Yeah, yeah, that is what happened. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. My notes say he was sent back to prison. For what? He was arrested for an outstanding warrant in 2013 for negligent driving. And then it seemed like everything was on the up and up after they had their daughter. But then May 8th of this year, he was involved in a hit and run. And there was a 
one-week-long manhunt for him. A one-week-long manhunt in the Seattle area, and he was eventually arrested and charged with a felony hit-and-run, a misdemeanor count of exhibiting a firearm with the intent to intimidate. He was arrested on May 17th, and he's in jail. It's just so sad. Mm -hmm. It's so cyclical. And yeah, it wasn't going to go well. He needed to go to a place after prison. He was so not well. What do you think happened to Harry? I think he's got 12 girlfriends and really bad uh, braids. Yeah, yeah. No, that's no he went happened. back to jail. He went back to jail. He was arrested January of this year. He was observed driving erratically and speeding at like 4.30 in the morning. And then at the traffic stop, the traffic stop did not go well. Uh-oh. It did not go well. He was pepper sprayed and tasered by the police. He was charged with five felonies, including assault, failure to comply with the police officer, possession of a weapon, improperly handling a firearm in a vehicle. I was like, I, didn't, I don't know why it needs that specificity. And now he was indicted on 12 charges and was sentenced to 81 months in prison. Wow. Could you imagine if Indy just happened to be following him around and he was in the one who pepper sprayed him was Indy? She's like, fuck you. (laughs) This is for Coco. (laughs) That would be poetic justice. And also Ray Dean and Rick are not here for this season. Thank God fuck because that fucking twat how do you think Ray Dean is doing uh I think that she still thinks that Rick will be with her and I think she's still waiting for Kay to get out of jail to do the lickety splits uh-huh. yeah that sounds like a beautiful story but Ray Dean was arrested October 8th of 2020 in her home state of Texas she was charged with felony count meth possession and other misdemeanor charges and she will now be in prison till April of 2028. What? Do you think she did that on purpose so she could be with Kay? She is not with Kay. Do you know who she is with? She is married to a man... Uh, who she exchanged wedding vows with on March 17th, 2021, according to her Facebook post. We don't know who the man is. But yeah, she broke it off with all of them. Listen, I, I know we hate Radine. I do feel bad for her because addiction is a lifelong struggle. And I'm sad that she can't find her way out of it. But also, like, she is a sadistic asshole. Yeah, she really is a bad person. Yeah. She's not a good person. It's not like somebody who got mixed up with the wrong crowd or Antoine, who was really, really suffering with anxiety and all kinds of social situations. She was a cunt. So who's left, you ask? Chance and Taylor, Bronwyn and Chaz, but don't you worry your pretty little heads out there, our darling drama club, because if there is one thing that people love, it's falling in love with incarcerated individuals over again. So there are people from other past seasons with new partners. Yep, and we're going to meet some because we are headed to Aliceville, Alabama, where 28-year-old Lindsay has just been released from prison after serving 18 months for felonious, malicious mischief. And her friend Blaine is here to pick her up and what Blaine lacks in dental work he makes up for in nothing absolutely nothing I was in prison for 18 months being out is I mean it's exciting like grass is greener birds chirping fresh air like I've had fresh air in forever we've been locked in our cells because of quarantine it's been ridiculous What is felonious mischief? I have no fucking clue. I think felonious mischief, that sounds like a jazz singer. (laughs) It sounds like my new grinder username. Yeah, it's like, and welcome to the stage, felonious mischief. And they're like, (laughs) you know who would know? Who? 
Hey, Ellen. How you doing? Hey, Rabia. You're on the radio. Am I really? Yeah. I have a law question that only you can answer. A law question? Why only me? You're a lawyer. I know, but I needed to know if you knew this because sometimes I think I might be smarter than you legally. (laughs) You are. You're smarter than me in every way possible. All right. What is it? What's felonious mischief? felonious mischief that sounds so antiquated it's got to be something from like a safe 1730s like but sometimes those things still exist felonious mischief isn't that a great band name ah, <laughs> rabia chaudry coming with the jokes oh we're the funny ones here rabia you're supposed to be the smart one now you're crisscrossing our wires it's real right what is it vandalism joey it is a fancy term for vandalism my love oh i love it so they've upgraded it to vandalism nobody <laughs> Is sticking with full. I wonder what they called like things like crimes of sodomy and stuff back in the day. They called it faggotry, Rabia. (laughs) Is what they called it. Rabia would never say such a thing. She's a lady. Rabia, speaking of faggotry, do you think if you had been born a gay man that you would date me? I already told you. I said to you on your one of your profile, one of your pictures on Instagram, I said, You're the only person in the world who can make me wish I was a gay man so I could be with you. Aw, I love you. Why can't you be straight and I be single? Why can't I mean, because, uh, oh, wait, one second. It's the, what, what was that? Sorry. Rabia, it's the Holy Ghost. I just want you to know that it's not possible for Joey to be straight for you because Jesus actually loves butt stuff. The, oh, my God, no. <laughs> Well, thank you for being our resident legal expert. I'm putting expert in bunny ears behind your back. I'm I'm clearly really good at this. Thanks. Thanks for putting me on the spot. I love you, Ellen. Love you. Love you, Joey. Bye. Love you. You look amazing. I look quarantine thick. (laughs) That's made on the bones, huh? Healthy. (laughs) What do you want to do first? Um, I'm new home, Miley Grace. Can I borrow your phone? Yes, you may. And the first thing Lindsay wants to do is call her daughter Miley. She leaves her a message. We see a picture of her. She's a cute little sweetheart. She says, I love you and can't wait to see you. Also, Lindsay is stunning. Stunning. Like Angelina Jolie's cousin. She is beautiful. Her skin, her hair, her lips. She is gorgeous. Yeah. She probably had a lot of lickety splits in prison. I mean, she deserves it. Yeah, she is really, really stunning. And we find out that Lindsay's mom wasn't there for her release because basically mom is sick of her shit. Mm -hmm. And Lindsay says, I don't blame her. Then she asks Blaine if she can crash on his couch and he's like, I don't have a couch, but I have a bed for you. Ha ha. Oh, oh, a man who wants to fuck his friend. Riveting. (laughs) Shocking. Look at that. that, Look at that new thing you invented. Sir, I'm going to implore you to take that energy you're trying to sleep with Lindsay and put it into dental work. (laughs) Or dental hygiene. Yeah. A floss. Summer A water pick. Summer over here. Summer Summer over there. there. Just flossing. Don't neglect your gums. Sarah Silverman always says the root to heart disease is connected to your gums. So listen to... (laughs) Listen to Sarah. She says, Sarah Silverman says, Death creeps in through the gums. It's true. That's what she says. Listen, even Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman was flossing her teeth. Is that triggering for you? No. It is triggering. I was in the Broadway hit musical Pretty Woman, and a song from it goes like this. I can't remember a single song. Anyway. (laughs) Well, Lindsay explains her relationship with Blaine for all of us. Blaine is an old friend. We've really done some dirt together. He used to sell drugs for me, but he's gotten on the straight and narrow. Blaine and I have never hooked up. It's not that type of relationship. I was a drug dealer. He bought drugs from me. Like, that's breaking a cardinal rule. If you're a chick and you lay on the mattress, your reputation's ruined. You're not going anywhere. 
hey, listen, feminism and drug dealing, there's a place for it. And Lindsay found it. She has boundaries. Yeah. We love a queen with boundaries. Yeah. And so as soon as Blaine says she can stay, she's like, great. I told my PL and they need the address and they, there's all that paperwork and stuff. Now we learned she has an ex named Scott. I can't wait to talk about Scott. Oh. Because she was in prison because she ruined $1,500 worth of his property. This man is so petty. He is like peppermint petty. Yep. He is petty white, Tom Petty. He (laughs) wins the Petty Award. (laughs) Listen to what this bitch did. First of all, he would send her cards every week that were basically like, ha ha, you're in prison. But then he did this. Tell them what he did. He would send her one penny in a money gram. Yeah. And it costs $10. It costs $10 to send the money gram. And he's like, you know what this fucking bitch is worth? $10.01 for this joke. He would send her a money gram for a penny. I'm sure he's a dirtbag. I can't get mad at that petty game though. That petty game is strong. Honey, the petty police were like, yep, Yep, we have petty here. We have pettiness. I mean, she did car fuck you into his desk. And so then we find <laughs> Listen, out. some people deserve different kinds of artwork. Yes, it's Why true. Why are you kiboshing? This is my art, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and so then we find out that Lindsay has a new boyfriend, 34-year-old Deontay in Virginia. Mind you, like I said, she's in Mississippi. And she borrows Blaine's phone to call him and give him the good news that she's out. And he is so has been on another love after lockup with a woman named Nicole. Yeah, he's very nervous about Nicole, though, because she just has a habit of showing up like herpes. His just ex- out of nowhere. You never know. You His never ex know. Nicole. What makes my relationship with Lindsay different from my relationship with Nicole is, for once, I didn't have to do chasing. I'm on my Instagram, you know, and I'm just scrolling through my DMs, and I see Simply Lindsay. <laughs> You know, she knew me because of the show. Got to know her and she became mine. I've been smitten ever since. He's a love after lockup repeat offender. And so they're talking on the phone and he wants us to know this relationship is nothing like his past love after lockup relationship with Nicole. Thank goodness for that. And he basically says, is your mom there? Let me say hi. So then Lindsay said, I'm here with my friend. And he was like, your friend? And then she says, like, he. And he's like, he? You have a man? Friend? I was like, oh, Jesus. Are straight men okay? Truly no. Anytime you ask that, it doesn't matter what the scenario is. The answer is going to be no. Now, listen, I say that because there's some trash women and we have them on this show. But I'm also like being jealous like that all the time Mm -hmm. from the get go. Isn't that exhausting? So exhausting. Ain't you tired? Like I had a jealousy streak like in my 20s. Like it, it took up a lot of time. Yeah. It is so exhausting to have that amount of jealousy. Also, can't you just be like, oh, who's your friend? Let me say hi. Hi, Blaine. How's it going? Nice. Like, give them a chance. But you almost always look like an asshole. Yeah. I mean, the the chaz of it all, right? Very much that. And he's like, but you're living with your mom, right? And she's like, I'm not sure. Deontay actually does seem sweet. Yeah. This whole jealousy thing, I'm sure, comes from, like, uncertainty. I think his ex, Nicole, really burned him. Yeah. I, we're going to have to start a whole other tier to do his season. And then we're just going to turn this into a Love After Lockup podcast. No, we're not. Okay. We are not. All right. So Can then you when... let me live? I'm letting you. Can you let me breathe? I'm letting you. I, I need to push pause sometimes. But um, but then Lindsay says... I'm going to start it on my own. <laughs> 
But then Lindsay says she loves Deontay's sense of humor and she thinks he's super sexy. And she tells Blaine, I have a good feeling about this one and I plan on marrying this dude. Okay. Well, yeah, Blaine's like, how far do you plan on taking it? And Lindsay like holds up her finger. And I would imagine she probably like got carpal tunnel from like making all the license plates. So maybe that's what she's, I was like, what are you? Do they still make license plates in prison? I don't know. I don't know what she's doing there. Listen, if these people didn't do this stuff, we would be out of a job and a massive amount of entertainment in my book. So I can't really complain. Well, now it's only eight hours after Lindsay's release and she's on her way to a job interview that friend Blaine hooked her up with. I'm going to be honest, I don't even care what it is as long as I get a job. Well, show people I can do. I can do normal. You can do it. I'll say it in you. I think you got it this time. I really do. You know, it's been like eight years since I had a job interview. Does this guy know that I've been to prison? Can you tell him about me? He knows a little bit about you. Um, we're off to a great start. I like my crazy where I can see it. I like crazy out there, not hidden behind it. Listen, and- in the South, I love this because they, they this was a joke on Designing Women. Julia Sugarbaker says, you know, in the South, we don't hide our crazy people. We don't put them up in the attic. We put them out on the front porch because we're very proud of them. And in the South, we don't ask if you have crazy people in your family. They just ask which side. <laughs> and the woman says to her, so which side do you is yours on Miss Sugarbaker? And she says, both. <laughs> <laughs> Designing Women. It's on Hulu and I've been revisiting it. Designing Women podcast coming your way. So Lindsay's off to get a job. She really wants to get a job, especially since Deontay is coming to Mississippi tomorrow and she wants to, you know, say that she's getting her shit together. Then Lindsay gets a call and it says on the lower third, Sam, Lindsay's former associate. I'm thinking, just go with me here. I'm thinking former associate judging by her track record and her former employment record, that that's someone who used to sell drugs for Yeah, her? he was a meth mailman. Okay. Okay? Yeah. He delivered the meth. And someone's got to do it. Somebody has to. Someone's got to help Ray Dean out. (laughs) And so this friend is telling Lindsay that her childhood friend TC has been arrested and the bail is a little over $700. So Lindsay is upset and she decides to use some of her leftover drug money to get TC out. She pulls out this wad of cash, like the Sopranos fucking wad of cash. Like, hey, you want some money? I'm going to make you a deal. Like, you need money? How much you need? How much you need? It was so Italian. But I guess my question was, you know, she's asking all these questions. Did he have drugs in the car? She's in the parking lot of her job interview. I was just like, why is this her problem? She just got out of jail. I understand wanting to be there for your friend. But how is Lindsay, the girl who just was in prison less than 24 hours ago, how is she responsible for bailing this person out? And you can tell Lindsay's a down bitch because she takes it very seriously. She calls everyone Everyone. in her phone book because she can't go deliver the bail because it turns out she has active warrants out for her arrest. And so does her friend Blaine in the car. And Blaine is like, look, I I want you to take heed. That is such a Southern thing. Take (laughs) heed. All right, Mrs. Shipley. It's 448. I'm doing it. Yes, I am. Take me to the jail. I'm not leaving him in jail. I understand. We'll go and what's going to happen next? Stay tuned because we are on to our next couple. We are back in Ellsbury, Missouri with 27-year-old Taylor and 41-year-old Chance who is out after committing a bank robbery and grand theft. Now, last we left these two, they got engaged and when Chance asked Taylor's three daughters what they thought of the proposal, they say... It was kind of boring. <laughs> Listen, don't ask a kid a question if you don't want 
the truth. Those little fuckers do not mince words and they do not care about your fucking feelings. <laughs> Remember when they were like, it's hot. I hate this hot cocoa. Why do we live here? That's ugly. I only eat green M&Ms. Do not take your kids to your proposal. These kids, they weren't having any of it. No. I don't I, I look at Chance and I'm like, I recognize you're trying to be sweet, but the I don't think these kids want to be on the show. I don't know if these kids like Chance. I have no idea what's going on with these three girls. Mind you, he's only been in their life for a month. Yep. All of a sudden, mommy brought a dude home. It's been all girls. It's been Taylor and her sister Bobby and the girls. Remember, their dad passed. Yeah. And who knows? It's a big dynamic shift. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, too, Chance came in real Re- hot. In general, though, these kids are doing too much. For sure. Yeah, it's a lot of eye rolling. And so Chance had beef with Taylor's twin sister, Bobby, and Taylor is thinking, it feels nice to be engaged, but it won't feel nice to tell Bobby I'm engaged. Yeah, because she hasn't told her, and she also is freaked out. Taylor hates confrontation. Yes. She hates being in the middle. She hates arguing. She's very passive. I think that Taylor's carrying around a huge amount of trauma. We'll get to that in a little bit. And Chance hates Bobby with all the hate you can hate with. But I think that's because Bobby... Holds the power. Yeah. She holds a lot of power because, you know, he wants all of Taylor's loyalty and it is divided. You're new here, hon. You are new and you have to earn it. And you came in way too hot. You tried to assert your dominance and you treated this like another prison. It's not a prison. It's a fresh start. And if you had just been able to have some grace and patience and go about this differently, earning Bobby's trust and being like, hey, I know that this is a big change. You tried to move her into the garage immediately. (laughs) He's like, hey, happy to be out of prison. That garage looks comfy, Bobby, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, she's like, I've been here a lot longer. I fell out of the same vagina as my sister. That's a real bond. At the, the same only, time. Yeah, the only thing you did was get doo-doo and my sister see you next Tuesday. I know, that I'll was never, so unfortunate. Oh my God, I'll never forget it. I will never forget it. If I ever see them in public, I will say something stupid like, do you remember the time you went in the front door after you went in the back door? Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, that is a problem. It. No, she How went to the ha- hospital. And she had to say it on national television. I know. Could you imagine if that were me, I would sit by the producers and be like, guys, I know I signed up for this show. I know I signed up to share my life. Can you do me a solid and not talk about the time that my soon-to-be husband put poop in my pink? They're like, no, we're talking about that pudding <laughs> in the oven. We are talking about it. And since I've gotten out of prison... Taylor's sister, Bobby, and I have done nothing but bump heads. I just have to figure out, like, how I'm going to tell Bobby. I just don't know how she's going to take it. To me, it doesn't really matter how anybody feels about it, because I was going to do it with anybody's blessing or not. Okay, honey. You asked for it. Yeah, but, like, let's try to pretend we're in a family dynamic. Family dynamics are complicated in the best of times. Go with the flow, my man. You are making waves where there doesn't have to be. You know when you're in a relationship, there are certain people you have to win over. Well, I used to know what it was like to be in a relationship. Aww. (laughs) I love you so much. But you know that there are those hard people you have to win over. I mean, you were with your ex-ex for like 17 and a half years. You know there are those family members that take a minute to come around. Oh, yeah. But you you work Some of them at never it. did. Right. Well, I mean, you're gay and that's against the Bible. <laughs> it says it in Leviticus chapter 14, verse anal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's so stupid. Verse anal. Please turn your Bible <laughs> to Matthew chapter 12, verse Anus. Did he say anus? He did. I don't know. Where's the pecan pie? It must be one of them Dead Sea Scrolls that just got added. (laughs) And Taylor says this. This sums it all up. 
I just don't want her to be mad at me. Taylor, I just want to squeeze her. Yeah, and so the moment comes, she goes into Bobby's room to sit down and tell her, like, look, Chance proposed to me. At first when she says it, Bobby just looks at her and she's like, the answer is in my look of disgust on my face. Yeah. And then the first thing out of her mouth is, okay. (laughs) And Bobby says, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I I want you to be happy, but also you've had problems in the past in your relationships. You've been hurt and you you don't know Chance that well yet. You think you do. You see what you want to see, but you haven't seen all of his colors. And the truth is, Bobby has seen his colors. And then Taylor is telling her about the proposal and Bobby is making a face. Like, if there was a face that was, please just stop. Yep. That's the face that Bobby's making. It's the face that we make when people give us notes on how to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fun. And also, remember Taylor, like you said, was engaged to a man who fathered two of her mm-hmm. three daughters. And this man's name was Jake. And a week before they were supposed to marry, Jake passed in a car accident. And so Taylor is looking at her engagement as an opportunity for love. Listen, this is something that comes up and it creeps in and I have to remind myself because I have a special place in my heart for Taylor, though I disagree with several of her decisions, including bringing a man into her home with three little girls, but that's for another time. The emotions that Taylor has have to be complicated. Grief is so complicated and it was a tragedy. I mean, the grief of that magnitude doesn't make sense to us. And Also, that love doesn't just go away. Yeah. The love that she had for her ex. It's really tragic. I think she has a lot of unresolved things that she's looking for Chance to fix. And Bobby is well within her right not to like Chance. I think Bobby's actually very wise. I think so, too. I mean, she also says, If I see his temper isn't, you know, getting better or whatever, I really will object to the wedding. She's protective. You and I can't sit here and judge people that are protective because you and I are the very, very same. I don't blame Bobby. She wants the best for her sister. Yeah. And remember, Bobby has been in prison. Bobby knows the prison lifestyle. She is very, very well acquainted with it. And she knows this. And who knows what's going to happen between them. But she has every right to question her sister's motives because at the end of the day, I think Taylor is way too trusted and way too nice. I have to remind myself. It's it's a crazy story. Have we said that enough? How crazy I mean, this is? It is. There is a naivete to her that's different than Indy's. Um, but also, like, yeah, they had sex in a graveyard, which is not that uncommon, and he got doo-doo in the front door. Yeah. So, I mean, yes. Well, put a pin in that, because as they're having this discussion, Chance walks in, and he's like, hey, Bobby, what do you think of our engagement? And by the way, do you want to move into the garage? Chance, <laughs> not the time. Bobby's crying. Bobby is visibly upset and he's like, oh, I know you're sad about that, but can we talk about the garage plans real quickly? I have some great ideas for a lovely built-in wall for you. Bobby's like, thank you so much. This is my sister. I've been here my whole life and I'm not moving to the fucking garage. And Chance is trying to sell the idea. He's like, why don't you just trust me? And she's like, man, yeah, okay. He's like, I'm going to make it really nice and comfortable for you. I'm not trying to get rid of you. I'm just trying to make more space for all of us. And he's like, please know my intention is not to to ostracize you. And Taylor looks uncomfortable and Bobby just looks straight up pissed. I'm like, maybe after she found out about the engagement is not the time to remind her that you want her to move into the garage. The garage? What is the reason, though? Do they need the space? Does he want a workout room? The girls seem perfectly happy where they are. They have their little love nest. Why does he need her to move? Just because they want privacy? I have no idea, 
But if I were Bobby, I'd be like, I'm not moving into that gasoline-soaked garage oasis that you're trying to sell me on. Exactly. Bobby basically is like, thanks, but no thanks. I'm staying in my room. Remember, you came here after me. I was already here. Well, what's going to happen, Ellen? Shh. We can't answer that question because we are on to our next set of dummies. We are in Arlington, Texas with 39-year-old Kevin, who is head over heels for 31-year-old Tiffany. When we last left these two hairballs circling the drain, they decided to solve Kevin's problems with infidelity by agreeing to a throuple. Who will the lucky woman be? No one, because no one wins in this situation. Before we jump in, we have to talk about the cameo that down bitch weed lawyer Elizabeth sent us. You all, when we say we love you, it is impossible to not love the trollish nature of you fucking weirdos. We love you so much. We got a cameo from down bitch Elizabeth from Kevin. Yep. Well, hello there, Ellen and Joey. How y'all doing? I hear y'all got a new podcast jumping off, man. Y'all trying to get some shit going on that bitch, huh? I know y'all a couple down there bitches, you know, so you know. Put some fucking pimp motherfucking type motherfuckers on that bitch, man, and get some good shit, you know? Maybe motherfuckers like me or somebody cool as fuck. I can say with confidence, I've never gotten a better gift, and I am including the steak knives that I got three Christmases ago. Well, yeah, it's pretty good. Also, you got to be careful with cameos because I, through my breakup, was feeling bad and decided to get a cameo from Miriam Margulies, who you is guys, this, buckle up, buckle who up. is hysterical. She's an English actress. She was in a Harry Potter movie. She was in The Age of Innocence. She's brilliant. And so I said to her, "Hey, I'm going through a breakup, and I'm really sad. And you're one of the funniest people I know. Can you say something?" Fun- Like, can you just make me feel better? And she's like, Joey, I'm not a comedian. I don't like jokes. I can be amusing. And I feel like you ask too much of people. And perhaps that's why your chum left you. Because you ask too much of people. And I'm sorry, I'm not in the business of providing jokes. And I said... Can you for a hundred dollars that I paid you? <laughs> can you tell one joke, even a knock knock one? Joey showed this video to me and I was like, when do we get to the funny part? She dragged me for three it was, minutes. It was so uncomfortable. It was I I would rather have a colonoscopy. Yeah. It was so I'll never post it because it's so mortifying. But also I was like, even a cameo from Marjorie Taylor Green would have been more entertaining than this. Yeah, or Lance Bass. I hear he's great. And so It's been two months since Tiffany got out of the halfway house. She moved into her own place with her very own roommate. Me and Kevin, we have a really good relationship now. And I feel like he's pretty in tune with me and he knows what I like. Like he can pick up on my vibe and like he gets me. He picks up your vibe. It's called a clitoris, (laughs) ma'am. Okay. And Tiffany got a job at a Mexican restaurant and she loves it. Good for her. I used to work at a Mexican restaurant. Really? My first waitressing job was at the cantina and I hooked up with a line cook named Luis. And how was it? He was so hot. He was really, really hot. Like, like to this day, I look back and I'm like, yeah, you were really hot. So would you say that he really stuffed your burrito? You're better than that. So would you say he really put the sauce in your enchilada? I'm going to beg you to stop. Would you say he really knew how to rim your glass with salt? No, we're not doing this. Would you say that he came in you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love, I love that restaurant. Um, Tableside guacamole. Yeah. Try it. <laughs> 
is gorgeous, by the way. She is gorgeous. She really is pretty. And I do not know what she sees in Kevin. I mean, I know that looks aren't everything, but he also doesn't have charm, brains, kindness, wit, humor. Like, it has to be the dick, right? But he does have two chihuahuas. Honestly. Like, in between. And he smokes in his his house. house. I mean, Tiffany doesn't have good taste in men because between Kevin, who has the personality of a spatula, and the guy that looked like the missing link that picked her up from the halfway house. Yeah, she she's flailing. But you know what? Everybody deserves a second chance. And the fact that she got a job and she's like got a roommate and doing her thing. I'm like, good for you. I just don't know what she sees in him. It has to be the dick. It right? has to be the dick. The, the dick will make you slap somebody. It will make you slap somebody. He has nothing to offer. He's not funny. You know, thing, personality can really put those goggles on you. And I get it. And I'm here for it. I just don't see anything. I know. And also he's like a major philanderer. So eventually the goal is to move back in with Kevin. So they're going shopping to get some new clothes Uh and a new outfit. Just kidding. They're going shopping for a new girlfriend. They're going shopping for a girlfriend. Creepy. I think we need to establish some ground rules first. Some ground rules? <laughs> Absolutely. We all know that you're a ladies man. Why do you keep saying that? Because that's true. Because remember, he has Sunday fun day Kayla. Yep. In the wings. And he's like, well, what about you? And then they replay the knockout. Because remember, it's in Kevin's contract that they have to play that at least every three episodes for some arbitrary reason unknown to us. He knocked the fool out that man. They love showing that. They do. And so, you know, they had a rough start, but they know the band-aid to this problem is bringing a lady into the fold. And then they write down important things in finding a lady friend. Must be smart, must be kind, must be goal-oriented. JK, Kevin immediately writes down, must be fine, can't be broke. (laughs) I'm like, Kevin. Because Neanderthals, you know? And listen, I respect this because you and I know very well there's every kind of situation, polyamory, open relationships. You need to have honest, open trust. But I don't think that's what this is about. I don't think she's bringing another woman in for the right reasons. I just think she's like, let me do this so that he won't cheat on me. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, is that I'm all for open relationships. Mm -hmm. I've seen some work. I I was in one for many, many years that worked. Yep. But the truth is, is that it cannot be a Band-Aid. If you look at your relationship like a banana split, right? You have to have the bananas, you have to have the ice cream, and you have to have the whipped cream, right? If you don't have that, you don't really have a banana split. Everything else on top of it, the toppings, I want sprinkles. I want caramel. It all has to be extra. But if you don't have the foundation, you don't have a banana split. You got a bowl full of caramel. I stopped listening because I was thinking that about a, a banana split. That is a good metaphor. No, but it just sounds so good. <laughs> so, I mean. It turns out I'm hungry. You cannot start an open relationship with no trust. Yeah. And you can't bring another girl in because you're like, well, if we have two sets of eyes on him, it'll be harder for him to get around. No. Yeah, absolutely not. I literally have no idea what I'm going to do with you. Well, you can get a little girlfriend and y'all can facilitate and watch over me. We might just want to get on like a date now where you can kind of facilitate and go through them or something. Yeah, but crazy people are online. You're used to crazy. I was like, ma'am, you are on Love After Lockup. Also, I'm right here. Yeah. (laughs) You can call me by name. And also, you have some regrettable tattoos. I love tattoos, yes. but some of those are regrettable. And so, eventually, she gives in, and they set up an account to look for their third. But Tiffany says this, and I think that it's very telling. She says, there's 25% of me that doesn't trust Kevin. Babe, 
that's 25% too much. It's too much. If you don't have trust, you don't have shit. But they're having fun shopping for ladies until Kevin is like, let's go to the bedroom and swap some gravy. Not before he's smoking cigarettes inside. I can smell his carpets. Yeah. But also, did you notice, was she being facetious when they were filling out their profile? And she's like, they're saying like their likes and dislikes. And she's like, oh, you like to read. Was she being facetious or was that for real? Who knows? Maybe he is an avid reader. What what kind of books do you think he reads? Rich man, poor man? uh, I mean, I I was like, wow. If he actually is like an avid reader, I have judged a book. Yeah. And Kevin reads? I just wrote Kevin Reed's question mark. Yeah, she's like, his favorite series is Twilight. It's the Twilight series. Because nothing makes us hornier than a book written by a Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so... Kevin says in his side interview, I'm scared Tiffany has a plan to meet a girl, fall in love, and leave me. But don't worry, I have a backup plan too. If you are plotting in that way, what are y'all doing? Yeah. You do not have any trust. Y'all, this is a lesson in what not to do. These people are going about it all the wrong way. He is so toxic. He comes from a place of absolute insecurity. I am far too clumsy to be around that kind of fragile masculinity. It is such a turnoff. And then... They're making out, getting, you know, the the little foreplay, which is like, you know, two seconds of making out and then he sticks it in. And <laughs> as they're getting ready to fook, he gets a text from Sunday Funday Kayla. And they keep coming because they spend the night uh, do together. Do you think she, she, it happened more than once? What? You said they keep coming. I know what you said. <laughs> I've silenced him. We can do it more than once, you know, in one go. The ladies. That's what we can do. That's what our vaginas can do. We can make babies and we could do that many times if done correctly. You you. guys have to like stop and take a nap. We can just. Listen, I'm a one and done. Oh, you are so boring. Good night. I'm so glad we don't have sex. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm like, good night. Put on Golden Girls. Get Tucker and he's cuddling me. It's really just one time. I don't need more than one. Did you like that baby? Tap, tap. Night, night. But I mean, if if the other person is like, I'm still in the mood. I will provide, but I oh. I will provide in other ways. We we we're not sexually compatible. This is the best news ever. Good morning. Yeah, you wild, Just bring the wild side out of me. <laughs> Take these clothes back off. <laughs> no. yeah. You gotta go to work. Work. I would honestly rather jump in a lake full of piranhas. And you just know he smokes in that bed. So gross. And so they're woken up by the sounds of Kevin's phone chirping. Do you ever put your phone on silent? No, but I'm wondering because it's we the producers. see this. Do you think the producers make them do that? Of course it's that? the producers. My phone hasn't had a ding on it since 2009. Who dings their phone? And his phone's going ding. I think the producers might make them Of course, them do and that. I'm sure the producers called Kayla and said, you should text Kevin. Well, it is going off and he's like, it's probably my grandma. And, and again, remember, they don't have trust. So Tiffany wants to know who it is and she starts grabbing his phone and he is Dodging the phone. I will tell you, there are so many tells with someone who is cheating with their phone. Always face down, by the nightstand. See? Listen, she's insecure. She also knows. She knows. But if he wasn't cheating, which we know he is, just be like, honey, look, it's my grandma. Yeah. And give her peace of mind. Don't taunt her. But you know, it's not your grandma. So you're being a little fuck about it. You are. And eventually, Tiffany's like, fuck it. I'm going to go make breakfast. And she burns it. And (laughs) she does. She burns the toast. I was like, who are you, me? Yeah. And Kevin and Tiffany's dating profile online. Yeah. Kayla saw that. And she's not too happy. I mean, these texts. Once a cheater, always a repeater. She's like, 
she's a stupid ass bitch and fuck the both of you. I'm going to beat her ass. You know, just love talk. Well, the producers asked Kevin to read these texts out loud, which I wonder if he by contract has to. Maybe. You know, because he does. Yeah. Also, I hate that, that she was like, I'm going to beat her ass. Tiffany didn't do anything. Yeah. Tiffany was just... You know, fucking this gross dude who smokes in his house. Your beef is with him. Right. He's the one who cheated on you. Also, why are you campaigning for this man? It, there's so much ego on this show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, y'all, the calls are coming from in the house. And here's the thing. Kayla has a history of just showing up. It is not beneath her to just show up and scream in his front yard. Oh, yeah. Remember when she did that last season? And so the producers are like, is she going to show up, do you think? Uh-huh. They cannot wait. They live for this shit. Cool. Come to his house scream at him, but leave Tiffany out of it. It's genuinely none of her concern. But also, how did she find that Tinder profile so fast? Because the producers showed it to her. You think? Absolutely. This is not their first time at the Hodeo. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. You're oh, so right. Oh, absolutely. What are you going to be doing tonight? Um, so I have to go to work in a little bit, but I was going to hang out here if that was cool with you until I have to go because it's closer. Well, since I'm going to work and you'll be chilling here for a while, I was going to give you a key just so, you know, you can have a little bit of trust, you know what I'm saying? You can feel a little bit more, you know, at ease over here. You can kind of come when you want. Thanks, baby. And so basically, she serves him burnt breakfast. He's like, thank you. In turn, I'm going to give you keys to my house to show you that I trust you. Breadcrumb. Uh-huh. And then also, you know, he's nervous because Kayla could show up at any time. So anyway, he leaves. He gets in his car. And guess who calls? Mm-hmm. Conveniently. I don't know. Oh. Probably his grandma, because his grandma called them. It ain't old Mima, oh. it's old Kayla. And she wants to know what's up with their joint Tinder account. And she's like, yeah, I thought you weren't with Tinder anymore. And he says, I'm not on Tinder with this... nobody. Don't lie about provable things, you ashtray. He lies out of his lying hole so much. Don't lie about anything that's provable. He will gaslight the shit out of you. He was like, Trump. I'm going to learn some things from this man because he literally is just like, I don't care. You can put all of the facts right in front of me. I will deny it. It is so weird. And she's like, I don't know. What is your end game? Kevin is a lint licker. And I don't understand why Kayla continues to go on this merry-go-round. He has said from the beginning, it's like that girl in Wayne's world. You know, Wayne, if you're not careful, you're going to lose me. I lost you two months ago. Are you mental? We broke up. Get the net! She seems so desperate. Like, Kayla girl, I'm sure that dick is immaculate. It has to be. That can be the only reason that women keep flocking to him like moths to a fucking flame. But the thing is, is that Kayla is the secret other girl. The other girl Tiffany isn't. Yeah. Stop it. Know your worth. You're better than being someone's secret side piece. And then when you are the side piece, which is horrible and no position that you should be in, you can't get mad at him for doing the thing that he's doing. You can't get mad at a dog for barking at the fucking moon. I mean, let's be real. I think Kayla sticks around not because Kevin makes himself clear. I think she sticks around because the love after lockup check clears. Maybe. I mean, it's not a merry-go-round. What was that thing? I I think they've been banned since we were kids. That Tilt-a-whirl? That, no, that, that thing where you would like lean against the wall and it would go so fast that gravity They're not banned. They're not banned. What was that thing called? A mess. Gravitron? I have no idea. Do you I know never, what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I never wanted to get on one oh, I because on someone that. barfs and that barf just circles around. Oh, it was so good. I think the barf. 
No, not the barf, just the ride. I think people die on it, but... Great. Well, meanwhile, Tiffany's going through Kevin's drawers and she finds ladies' panties. How's that going to go for Kevin? You'll just have to wait and see on the next episode of Y'all Don't Know Shit About Shit. Because we are moving on to our next couple. That's right. Meet 47-year-old Sean, who is a general manager. And what does he manage? Who fucking cares? He is in love with 28-year-old Sarah, who is out of jail after serving time for some casual, involuntary manslaughter. And these two are a week away from getting married. They are meeting with their wedding planners, who are two of the most optimistic people you will ever meet. Yeah. Hi, Sean. Hello. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Doing? How are you? <laughs> You ready? Yeah. As ready as we're going to be. Oh, weather's looking good for this week, so we're excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah, I've, I've been checking like crazy. She's five months pregnant, yep. planning a wedding. Weddings are so expensive. The older I get, the less I understand weddings. It's like, yay, we're starting the rest of our lives together. Let's spend our whole life savings in one fucking day. It just drives me crazy. Buy a house. Buy a house. We have been to so many weddings that were so casual and cool. I think I've said this before. My girlfriend Jackie and her wife Shannon got married in their backyard and they served Qdoba and we had a fucking blast. I believe it. I mean, you know, I don't ever really want to get married. I, I don't say never that I'll never get married. I don't have any desire to, but if I did, I'm, I see a backyard situation. Yeah. Because who fucking cares? Who fucking And I'll have cares? 10 people at my wedding. Yeah, this is all so weird. And so they're talking about their first dance. It's cute. And Sean tells Sarah, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. And then we find out that a year ago, Sean was engaged to a woman named Destiny. Turns out that Destiny was not his destiny, but Sarah is. He's already been on an episode of Love After Lockup. We've already seen this. Now we need to go back. I need to start from scratch. You're either with me or you're against me, Joseph. Do you know what I mean? Are you getting on this Gravitron? He's just sitting here shaking his head. And then Sean says he's so happy because he already has a kid. I'm sorry, six kids. Six kids! And then he says... Even though I've had six kids already, I'm so ready for the new baby to be here and just, you know, to get this new life started. You sure about that? You sure about that? You sure about that? You don't sound very confident, my dude. I just don't think he has much of a personality. You, he's, he's giving you, hey, it's me. I'm Sean. I'm very excited to get married. And I don't ever use condoms, which is why I've got 45 kids. Yeah, this man looks like someone who has breastfed standing up his whole life. <laughs> this man looks like someone whose room smells like burnt Oreos. This man looks like someone who smells the Q-tips after he cleans his ears. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> This man looks like someone who thinks that Jake and the Fat Man was a good show. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. He doesn't sound happy or excited. So we learned that some of his kids are coming to his nuptials and some of them aren't. Now, what happens next is one of the most uncomfortable things when this happens. Sarah is like, well, why can't they come? Is it because of Kelly? And I guess Kelly is the kid's mom or whatever. When people argue about personal things in front of other people... I want to launch myself into the sun. When people have private conversations, and this happens through this whole episode, we'll talk about it. When they bicker, it makes me so uncomfortable. I'm also like, do you not have any dignity? My ex-ex, his cousin and her husband used to get in fights in front of the whole family, in front of the way they spoke to each other. I remember we were going through TSA and she was like, get that suitcase away. I'm trying to do this. Can you, God, sometimes you're so stupid. And I was like, I want to disappear. 
here. Yeah, I want to crawl inside my skin and roll myself down an alley. This is when we need life to be like TikTok, where you could just be like, not interested. Yeah. And then she does it again because his phone is ringing. Again, ring her on and he's not answering. And then she reads him for filth and is like, why don't you answer the phone? Is it Kelly? Is it Kelly? And then he says to the camera, I'm super irritated that Kelly keeps calling Sean. For one, it's embarrassing. And I really just want to know what she wants. And he's not answering or trying to figure it out. So it just seems really suspicious to me. And I was like, I have no desire to talk to my daughter's dad at any time. But it is a fact of life. Yeah. You have to talk to your kids' parents. There are logistical reasons. There are health reasons. Like, I don't know what's happening here, but you can't get mad at this man for talking to the mother of his kids. Well, I'm the, sorry, you can't. I agree, but also the problem is is that none of these people know how to communicate and they don't know how to reassure. Because if you just been like, hey, listen, I know it's our day and like we're excited for this. I know it's annoying. I love you. I'm so excited to marry you. This is just the mom of my kids and I kind of have to deal with her from time to time. And then Sarah says, well, you need to get her under control. I was like, Ma'am, we are on episode one of your journey. I don't know what's happening, but I will say that like this in front of people, no. This is out of pocket. Yeah. And we do find out that this is a pattern with Kelly. She's always overstepping and Sarah wants it to end. But I get the feeling that Sean doesn't like confrontation. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you better figure that out because you know what sucks more than confrontation? Canceling a wedding and trying to return 50 pounds of crab claws. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. That does sound so good. I could fuck up some crab claws. Remember when we had crab for Christmas that one time at my house when you came over for Christmas? Wow. You're trying to make me remember. Wow. You don't remember the crab? It was very expensive. But. She just keeps berating him. She doesn't need to call you that much. And then she said, I told you to take care of it. What does that mean, ma'am? What is this, prison? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a mess. These people do not know how to communicate. So fast forward to Sean and Sarah driving to hang with Sean's sister, who he hasn't seen in a year, and Sean's oldest son, Brandon, that he hasn't seen in two years because he was in the army. I honestly feel most worried about him because, I mean, you're marrying somebody that's not his mom and you're having a baby with somebody that's not his mom. I really think that once they get to meet you, once they see what I see in you, that everything's going to be fine. Yeah, but what if they don't see what you see? They will. (laughs) And then we find out that Sean hasn't told his family that Sarah is pregnant. At the same time that Sarah finds this out in the literal interview, she's like, say what? Yeah. No, Sarah's mean. Like, Raydine isn't here. And the the version of Raydine is like that manipulating, gaslighting, emotional manipulation thing. This woman is just a straight up bitch. I don't know what's better having it like right in front of you. So we're here with the family and he introduces Sarah and Sarah meets Sean's son and... Then Sister Tina is talking to production and they're like, what do you think of Sarah? And she's like, I mean, she's She's short. short. She's short. Thank you. That was the only thing you noticed. I mean, she's vertically challenged. Great. Thank you. Thank you for your input. Yeah. And so now they're all sitting in silence. I will say that communication is not this family's strongest suit. They're sitting in like the hotel of a lot. They're like in a comfort Motel, inn. And there is like day in. There's no comfort in this inn. It, the silence is deafening. I get it. Small talk can be hard, but like ask a question, give a compliment, tell a joke, quote a Bible verse, sing a song, anything. Jesus, say something. It was silent. And you know what's the worst way to break awkward silence is to say, wow, this is awkward. 
awkward because that's what Sarah says. Yeah. But I will say Sarah feels it well. She finds a way to make the chat happen. Also, she showed up with gifts. I thought that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. And Sean says, I'm happy to be marrying Sarah. She's the right person. And um, even son Brandon says off camera, you know what? My mom's going to kill me for saying this, but Sarah seems cool. Yeah. And so Sarah's like, what do you think of us? And he's like, I mean, you're adults. You can make your own decision. <laughs> Hang on to that theme, because that's going to be a theme for Brandon whenever he's asked a question. And so then Sister Tina says, oh, is it a boy or a girl? And we learn that they're going to do a gender reveal for their wedding cake. How do you feel about gender reveals? It wasn't a thing when Lola was born. I think people will use any excuse to have a party. Okay, no judgment. Please stop burning down trees in the name of the gender of your baby. Yes. please, Please, the trees didn't do anything to you. It's a lot. Also, like, no offense to anyone who has a gender reveal or, like, loves a gender reveal. I don't know. Gender reveals just make me feel weird. It's just over the top. It's just a party for the... It's like Valentine's Day. Who cares? Yeah. And then Sister Tina says... Are you getting married because you're pregnant or... (laughs) I I mean... Some people do that. No, no, it is not. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with everyone? Basically, you're like, so is this a shotgun wedding? And Sarah says, no, he actually proposed to me before I told him I was pregnant. But thank you for asking. So now we fast forward and Sean is alone with his son, Brandon. And Brandon says, listen, y'all are adults. (laughs) Great. Thank you. That's the second time you said that (laughs) today. He's like, you do you. And Sarah seems cool. And they go to get a fitting for their tuxes. And the guy who works there is asking some oddly personal questions. I'm sure the producer was like, hey, these guys aren't super great. Can you go like ask them some questions? Yeah, for every 20 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. For every question you ask, it's another buffalo nickel and a hot dog for you. Yeah, this is a Panera Bread gift card. Go wild. (laughs) So they were like, "Um, oh, have you met the bride? And he's like, actually, I just found out my dad was engaged. Yep, it's awkward. And then the, the son Brandon goes, yeah, I mean, also, it's like, it's a shotgun wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the and Sean is like, can you not call my wedding a shotgun wedding? And he's like, what? It is a shotgun wedding. He's like, I thought you were marrying Destiny. And he was like, yeah, I was dating them both. But like, okay, so Destiny was in jail and then she caught her ankle bracelet. Sean is flailing. Sean needs a life preserver thrown out into the ocean. There is nothing that can save him. And he's like, so she went back to prison for six months and I have no idea where she is. Yeah, you know, there's a theme in this show of like women and men being unpredictable and that is my least desirable asset in any friendship Mm -hmm. or any relationship at all. I don't want to have to try to predict what you're going to do. I want to know what I can expect from you. Yeah. And Destiny also has a habit of just showing up and guess what? She calls. Hey, get you, bitch. Why do you keep calling me? Well, Sean, I've been out for a couple months now, so I figured you're going to help me get back on my feet, right? I don't need to be there for you. Like, everything I would possibly ever done for you, I've already done for you. And I'm getting married, I'm... Right. Sean's phone is blowing up again. Ring her on. And she goes, well, you owe me money. And she starts getting kind of like aggro at him. And Sean hangs up the phone. And that's when we cut to Destiny on camera. And Destiny is pregnant. Yeah. So he hangs up and she's like, I'm pregnant. (gasps) I was gagged. And she said, either way, I'm going to get my money. Holy. Sarah's going to flip her fucking wig. Oh, this is not going to end well. I mean, Sarah got upset at a little phone call. You think him putting a bun in someone else's oven? She's going to lose her redheaded mind. Also, can't you use a condom? 
Yeah. I mean, I get it, but also use a condom. Or something. Or or the pill. There are ways to not get pregnant. Yeah. You just do it in the butt. Um, And so, well, because butt babies never survive. Okay. And so, <laughs> cutting back to Sarah, Sarah's at her dress fitting. And, you know, uh, what did you think of her dress? Eh, not my style, but everybody has a different style. Yeah. It was kind of a mermaid cut. And yeah. I'm also like a mermaid cut on someone who is short. And pregnant. It's, it's hard. I also don't like strapless, but not because of the look. I just feel like all night long that person is going to no matter how big or small your Grand Tetons are you're just always going to be lifting it up yeah yeah I mean wedding dresses are super personal and there's so many different styles my wedding dress was the first wedding dress I tried on and I bought it on a lunch break while I was rehearsing for the national tour of cabaret at a Nordstrom in Seattle that is the most Ellen thing I've ever heard in my life I really did did it have puff sleeves and a train no my wedding dress was actually really beautiful it was really really simple but I went to a Nordstrom and I was like this is good yeah I personally if I was a woman. If I was a girl... Uh, I would want a very classic, simple dress so that I can look at those wedding pictures 30 years from now and be like, yep, I looked elegant. How many people do you think look back at their wedding pictures from the 80s and see their princess die wedding dress that they just had to have? They're like, oh, Jesus. Well, it's actually Uh-oh. funny oh, that because I did get married in the 80s. You did? I got married in the 80s and I modeled my veil after uh, Susan Lucci and all my children. Really? It I... was fucking stunning. Are, are you still married? Uh, unclear. Oh. I'm not quite sure. Uh, well, we never consummated the marriage. So I don't know if we're still actually, legally, allegedly, still married. Who Can I ask who you married? You may not. You're very nosy, Blue Eyes. Can I ask one more question? No. Who did you marry? <laughs> a person. He was in my fucking jets league. Oh, and are you on good terms now? I don't know. He lives in Pompeii. <laughs> <laughs> Italy. Wow. Okay. It's in Southeast Naples. Wow. Okay. I feel like I've learned enough today, Sharon. But uh, you didn't ask you about my dress. Oh, well, what was your dress like? I didn't wear a dress. I wore red cargo pants. Oh. Yeah. And you know what we served at the reception? What? Do you really not know? No, I don't. Uh, cod? Donkeys. Sounds beautiful. Cafe Coletta's for everyone. You're not invited to the second wedding. You know, Sharon- You got an attitude problem. I'm sorry. I don't say this enough, Sharon, but I I think you're a real catch. Yeah, I know I am. I can go all night. (laughs) (laughs) Just getting that filling in your donut. Now- Sarah is going for her last fitting with her mom, Kathy. The bridal lady was like, have you met him? And she's like, um, yes, I I did. Like, I'm not a really big fan, but Uh here we are. So I'm going to have to try to go with the flow, I guess. Okay. I, again, will never understand why people just can't put their best face on. Just put your best face on. Because the check doesn't clear unless you talk shit. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I was like, okay, that's lovely. So your whole family has private conversations in public and makes everything awkward? Great. It, it just doesn't get any better than that. I'm also like, people, this is truly, if anything, one hour-long ad for a vasectomy. <laughs> So, what's going to happen? Stay tuned next month on Loonies After Lockup, because we are moving on and not soon enough. We are back with our favorite mismatched couple, 56-year-old Chaz, who has married 40-year-old Branwen after she served time for aggravated identity theft. These two got married the day Branwen got out of jail, and it's been a shit show ever since. 
So it's been three weeks since Branwen got released. She's at a friend's house, you know, hanging with the girls, and they're doing some work on the house. She went to construction school, yeah, which did. I didn't know that was a thing. Is They're like, this is a hammer. This is a drill. But we love a reno queen. Go we off. We sure do. And Branwen tells us, I'm the type of girl who has to have money all the time. Hit it! Yeah. And so she says that Chaz is coming to visit and she says she wants Chaz to get turned. And then her friend one-ups that and has a better idea and says, yeah, let's take him to a strip club. And then her other friend is like, I have another idea. Take him on stage at that strip club and give him a lap dance. Yeah. You know what is not going to go well? That. Yeah. Chaz will just be like. Yeah. And so her friends are kind of pressing her. Do you find him? just moved on. Didn't that, acknowledge it. Just uh, moved on. That that Chaz makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> and that was a spot on impression. So her friends are like asking all these questions. Do you find him sexy? Do you find him cute? So like our intimate time or whatever, like I totally freaked out. I had like a panic attack. I definitely think it's bothering Chaz that we're married and we haven't had sex yet. I really feel for her here. I also have a special place in my heart for Brian when I think she is so lost. She says she's not in a good place right now physically. She just doesn't like her body. She was skinny before she went into prison, and now she's not feeling herself. And we've all been through that. Like, when you don't feel good, you go through phases where you don't feel good about yourself. Like, I had one that lasted, you know, it's lasted for like 24 years now. But any... <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, people forget you can be beautiful at all sizes. It's really about embracing who you are. Are. And obviously, this man is so in love with you, and th- she's beautiful. Yeah, she really, really is. And her friends are like a little mean girl, in my opinion, but then they back it up saying, like, I mean, we want you to be happy. He's just different from your other exes. Cut to Aaron, you know, the guy who showed up on her prison her release ex. day, her ex, and he has these bumps all over his body. Did you see that picture? Yeah, that's called steroids. Oh, yeah. When you get when you use steroids, you get acne. Everywhere. Oh, yeah, like butt acne. Also, I have to mention this in. Branwyn's confessional, because this is like, you know, the next season. She doesn't look okay. No, no. You got that vibe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been saying that for a while. Like, she seems like she's on medication. Yeah. And whether or not that is prescribed, we don't know. And she also says, look, I've never had sex sober. So Mm -hmm. this is all very hard. And, you know, they talk about her moving to Kentucky and how they don't think that she'll be happy if she moves. But she's very conflicted. Her daughter's in Portland. Her friends are in Portland. But she's like, this is where I get into trouble. If I stay here, I'm going to get into trouble. And Brandon feels loyalty to Chaz because he's been with her this whole time. And now we cut to Chaz in Kentucky. He's at a metal gig and his friends are like, how's your girl? And Chaz is being really honest. He's like, she's in Portland. And, you know, he's saying how they got married. And, yep, it's my fifth marriage. <laughs> so overall, how do you think it, things are going? I think they're going really good. How yeah. much physical time have you got to spend with her? Zero. <laughs> yeah. Have you at least got a yet? Nope. No, no tang. Ah, yes. The age-old romantic move of the Renaissance ye old finger blast. 
These dudes are idiots. And then he says, did you whip that ass? I was like, Chaz can whip up eggs, maybe a nice meringue, but he's not whipping up any ass. No, not at all. And so these friends are not helpful. And then Chaz tells us, look, I know that she's got this ex Aaron. He showed up the day she got out, but I don't ask about him because I don't want to be annoying. And Brandon has made it very clear when you act jealous, it is not sexy to it's me. It's not. Yeah. Anyway, it's showtime. Let the metal begin. Can I tell you something? What? Do you promise you're not going to get mad at me? Sure. Like, swear? Promise. I don't like metal. Why? It doesn't have a melody. Sure it does. I can't follow it. Oh, you can. I can't understand the words. Um, sure you could. It's very loud. No, it's great. Oh, you're, yeah, you're right. I like it now. When you go to the uh, gym, bro, and you're just like lifting and pumping iron, you put that fucking metal in your head, bro, and you just tap into your rage and you take it all up on those five pound dumbbells. I, I just, I don't get it. I'm, I love this. I love this journey for Chaz of him being like a metal rock star. So he FaceTimes Branwen into the gig, which I actually thought was really, really cute. And he dedicates the set to her and he sort of props his phone up so she can Watch. see the gig. Yeah. yeah. And if you think the lead singer is singing with a machete in his hand, you would be right. <laughs> the point? It's anyone's guess. So they finished the show and Branwen has watched. We're actually at Branwen's place now. And the camera pans out to reveal Aaron. That's right. To steroid using pumped up Aaron. Yikes. So many yikes. This this isn't going to end well. And you know what? We won't know how it ends because we are moving on to the last set of twat waffles. So buckle up because we have a whole new couple for you to ask why. We are in Las Vegas with 43-year-old Marcelino, who is a professional poker player, and 31-year-old Brittany, who works as a real estate broker but spent time in jail for conspiracy to commit burglary. And Brittany is on her way to show a house to some new clients because she is a real estate agent. Vegas, my least favorite place. Sit down. No. Sit down. Right here. <laughs> you want the keys to the car, too? Sit down. I know you do. They're kind of getting ready for the day. We see the chaos with the kids. And Marcelino wants to hit the tables. Now, Brittany's been out of prison for four years. And today, she's showing a $3 million home. I'm proud of her. I love that number. I don't know why. Then she drops this bomb. And she's like, things have been really off between us. We've kind of been ships passing in the night. We haven't been getting along. We are just sort of roommates, co-parents. I think it goes back to the time that me and my husband had a threesome with my ex-girlfriend, Amanda. I was like, what? Can you guys warm up a little? Like, we just finished our main courses and you're sticking it in my butt. It is so casual. That time we had a threesome with my ex, he's just not been the same. Would you care to elaborate? Or just build me up to that story? So, yeah, things, I guess, might change when you fuck your wife's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, he apparently became resentful and... I don't know. I don't know. Like she says, our dynamic has changed. He's not very nice to me. He treats me differently. It feels like we're roommates. Yeah. And that happens in marriages. Things go up and down. Sometimes you're busy. And well, they have two kids. Yeah, the kids. And it and happens. And he's the stay-at-home dad. Exactly. And so he says right now he's supporting her real estate career. Remember that statement. Put a pin in that. So now we're going to this $3 million home. <laughs> real estate in Vegas is wild. That house would have been $10 million in New York. Also, it's disgusting. It's very Vegas. The outside, the inside, it is disgusting. Yeah. It looks like a kid ate every flavor of Skittles and then barfed it on the carpet. And they're like, that would make a great house. <laughs> Then Mars 
Marcelino gets a ding on his phone. And we see him answering, it looks like an Instagram message. Oh, he's DMing. And the names are blurred. That can't be good. Is it your best friend? Is it your cousin? Is it your mom? Is it your grandma? Is it your college roommate? Is it your boss? Is it your barber? Is it your proctologist? Probably. (laughs) No, he's DMing with a lady. We think. We're speculating. Don't speculate, Joseph. I can't help it. And so cut back to Brittany selling a house that is modeled after the local Sizzla. Hi, you guys. Welcome. Hey, thank you. Wow. This is beautiful. Let's get inside. I can't wait to see. She's doing such a good job. You can tell she's nervous because this is such a big client. And she's talking about the tiles and the textures. I love she goes, they walk up to the door and she goes, this is a door. (laughs) I actually think she's very sweet. I'm like, thank you for that. Or if you, or a puerta, if you habla espanol. (laughs) Yes, it's a door. Thank (laughs) you. She's so uncomfortable. But then her phone starts dinging. Put it on silent. And it's Marcelino. And she excuses herself. Now, she's nervous because if she sells this house, she can make $75,000. That's a life-changing amount of money. Absolutely. That is a big amount of money. This is a big deal for her. And so she excuses herself and he goes, yeah, I'm outside. You ready? Right. So the deal was when she left, she's like, we can make the switch at 3 p.m., right? It's 3 p.m. on the dot, I guess. And he's sick of the kids and he wants to go hit the tables. And she's like, I'm selling a house. And also, this is a lot of money at stake. And he's like, don't care. Here's the keys. I'm going. And leaves those kids screaming at the top of their lungs in that truck for her to deal with. And then drives away. And of course she has to put on a good face in front of these people. And she's like, I'm so sorry. There was an emergency. I was like, the emergency is your piece of shit, selfish husband. She's so gracious and kind and says apologies and goodbyes to the buyer. And her boss was like, you can't do this. Yeah. I was like, this is some next level sabotage. Like her biggest day. And he just comes in and fucks fucking shits on it. I feel so bad for her. We don't even know this couple really and I already feel so bad for her. But also didn't this feel this part of the show feel so overproduced? Like the producer's hands were so heavy. Wait, really? Yes, they were like just go up. Just go there. How did he know where the house was? Am I just a sucker? Is this why I love this shit so much? Am <laughs> I, I was like, wait, you think? Of course. They were like why don't you just show up and drop the kids off? Yeah, they egg them on. Oh, well then she immediately turns on mom mode and she She's in the car and she's like, okay, kids, let's go. And then she drives away. And then Marcelino goes to his destination. And where does he pull up? To a house. Whose house? Well, not a house where the casino is that he said he was going to go play the tables. It's probably his college roommate. Probably. Well, we will find out on our next episode of Love After Lockup. This is... Don't. don't. If you're going to say something mean, bite your fucking tongue because I love this shit. I'm dying. Uh, he's literally biting I'm his dying. tongue. Wait. This was a long one. This was a long one, but we had to give the updates. Rick Kwan, our editor, is the most patient man on the planet. I just see him being like, bitches, cut these fucking files down. We love you, Rick. We do love you, Rick. And you know what? I love you, Yelena. I love you. And we love you, DBs. DBs, we love you so much. Thank you for letting us love after lockup you once a month. It is truly our greatest joy. Well, it's my greatest joy. And Joey does it just because he loves me. You're right. Love you all. Love you. 